If I were to ask you who the most famous person in the world is, some of us would say athletes, some of us would say celebrities, some of us would say presidents, but none of us would say Jesus. Jesus is the most famous person throughout history. And that's what today's message is about. His identity, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Luke 10.22 Jesus of Nazareth is the most famous person in history. No one compares to him. Hundreds of millions call him Lord and pray to him daily. He is even esteemed by millions who don't call him Lord. They merely see him as a religious teacher or a great prophet. Comparatively few, however, know that he is the creator. This is because flesh and blood doesn't reveal his identity. That revelation comes directly from God. The Gospel of John begins by telling us all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made, John 1.3. Jesus is the Christ, the Chosen One. This is the truth that Jesus told Peter, and one we could only know if the Father revealed it to us. Jesus, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 16:17 Soul search Do I believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the living God Father I believe in Jesus with all my heart and trust alone in him for my eternal salvation Jesus is the Son of God And do we truly know Jesus You could say that you do but do you truly know Jesus? You could say I'm a Catholic, but do you truly follow the Catholic beliefs? Knowing Jesus and his identity and what he's about, it's not about going to church. It's not about praying every day. It's about living by that example, living by his words, his desires, and bringing his identity to the world. Knowing Jesus is about how we treat people. We aren't true followers of Jesus if we do the opposite. We aren't true Catholics if we do the opposite. And this book truly could be a lesson to you all as I preach. Do we truly know Jesus and do we truly believe that he is the Son of God? All the talk is nice. Yeah, I believe. I believe in him, I go to church, blah, blah, blah. But it means nothing if your actions are the opposite. You can't be a believer in Christ but be a toxic person to others. You can't be a believer in Christ but treat people like they're nothing. You can't be a believer in Christ if your priorities are not the same, meaning love one another, care one another, respect one another. You can't be a believer in Christ if you mistreat people.
So do you truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you truly believe it by your actions? Do you talk behind someone's back? Do you mislead them, mistreat them, lie to them? Don't let your words get in the way of your actions. Let your actions show the world, but show yourself that you truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That you truly believe that. God doesn't care about words. God cares about actions. If you believe in it, if you believe in your faith, you believe in Jesus, your actions will show, will show it. I conclude with this. Don't tell people you believe in Jesus. Let your actions show it. Because the way you treat people will show what you believe. And if you treat people with love instead of hate and toxic, and toxic ways, yourself, the people around you, and the world will know that you believe in Jesus. Are you willing to speak the truth even if it sounds harsh? That is my soul shirts I have for you today in my book, Jesus in Red, 365 Days of Meditation. The motive, but woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe men and rule and all manner of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Luke 11.42 Woe unto you! What a fearful warning of wrath to come from the gracious lips of the Son of God. These were words designed to be a whip that cleared the temple. However, there is more here than meets the eye. We can cheer at the overturned table, but easily miss the love that motivated Jesus. He rebuked the Pharisees because he loved them. At times, Jesus told his disciples to leave them alone because they were like the blind leading the blind. Here, he warned them. We also are to reprove and rebuke this world. Sometimes with strong words, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. 2 Timothy 4.2 If we love sinners, we will warn them. Them being hypocrites and blinding self-righteousness will, will only console them temporarily. Does love always motivate me? Am I willing to speak the truth even though it may sound harsh? Father, let your love fill me to overflowing. Look at the world we live in. Look at the people around you, whether it's friends, co-workers, family, strangers. Are they living in sin? Are they being toxic to you, yourself? Are you willing to step up and tell them what they're doing is wrong? 
Are you willing to tell someone that they are being selfish? Are you willing to tell someone that they are being toxic? Are you willing to tell them that they're being hypocrites? Are you willing to do that? Everyone thinks that Jesus was this nice, loving guy. But the reality is, Jesus stood up and said what he believed was right. Jesus stood up and told people the truth. Even though it made of even though it hurt them. Jesus still said it. Think about that. It led to Jesus being crucified. It led to him being killed on the cross. A lot of people don't like being told the truth. A lot of people don't like to be told that they're wrong. Just because the truth hurts doesn't mean the truth is less wrong. Just because the truth hurts doesn't mean the truth is less wrong. If you see someone living in sin, tell them. If you see someone bullying someone, Go up and stand up for that person. If you see someone that is being selfish or treating someone like they're worthless, go to that person and tell them what they're doing is wrong. A lot of people are afraid to stand up for themselves. A lot of people are afraid to stand up for what is right. This world likes to tell people you're, you're a Jesus freak, give them all these names, you know, you're racist, sexist, homophobe, whatever it may be, just because they stay true to their Christian values. Do not be afraid to speak the truth even if it gets you crucified, gets you attacked, gets you hurt. Always stand up for what is right. Always speak the truth, even if it sounds harsh. Just because it's harsh to them, doesn't mean it's harsh to God. To God. God will appreciate you more for standing up for what is right, despite all the backlash, despite all the criticism, God will love you for that. He always loves you, but he will appreciate you even more for speaking his word, his truth. But most importantly, showing love. Does love motivate you for speaking the truth? If you see someone going through something and you have to tell someone else off, don't be afraid. Maybe love is your motivation for that person to see the difference. Love should be your motivation when it comes to speaking the truth. Just remember that. God's truth is always the right truth. Just because it sounds harsh, just because it hurts someone's feelings, doesn't mean it's not true. God's word is always true.
But most importantly, God's word will never change. May God bless you all. I'm Doug Serrano, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death. Welcome to another episode of Faith, Life, and Death. Today's episode is about justifying our sins. Do this and you shall live. You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Luke 10:28. If we want everlasting life, all we need to do is keep the moral law. If we don't violate its perfect perception spirit, that is, in thought, word, or in deed, love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul and strength, and love our neighbors, every other human being, basically. As much as we love ourselves, we will live. Violate one percept, and we will die. The function of lore is to reveal the knowledge of sin and show it to be exceedingly sinful. Romans 3.19.20.7.7.13 The lore pulls back the curtain and lets the early morning sunlight reveal dust on what was thought to be a clean tabletop. It exposes for us for what we are and causes us to try and justify ourselves. When the Lord has done its wonderful work in the hand of the Spirit, our mouths are stopped. We are caught with our hands in the cookie jar with no excuse. The Lord humbles us and prepares our hearts for the grace, and once we see ourselves in truth, the sacrifice of the cross makes sense. It's no longer foolishness. Soul search. Do I ever try and justify myself when I know that I have sinned? Father, thank you for your patience with me. So, many of us know we aren't perfect. Many of us knows we are going to commit sins. But are we truly sorry for those sins? Are we truly sorry for our mistakes, our actions? That is one side. The other side are those who try to justify themselves, but don't really have an answer. You can say, Lord, I am sorry for my sin. I truly apologize. I don't mean no wrong. I will work on my struggles. I will work on my sins. I will work on my failures. But are you that type of person that is in denial? Are you the type of person that tries to ju- that tries to justify your sins but have no answer? Have no answer. When someone questions your belief and questions the sins you commit, do you have an answer or are you flustered? Um, I don't know. Are you one of those? Are you lost and don't really have an explanation for why you did something? If someone tells you the truth, are you sitting there and can't defend yourself? Have you ever done that? Those are the two differences in trying to justify your sins. Accepting the wrong, accepting the truth, or being in denial, not accepting the truth. 
if someone tells you, hey, you're wrong? Or are you going to be there and be like, um, you're wrong. Don't tell me what to do. Or if someone tells you wrong, if someone tells you that you're wrong, can you defend yourself and say, yes, I know, I screwed up. I committed this sin. I'm wrong. I want to get better. I want to be a difference for those around me. That is how we are, that's how we justify our sins. And that is how God can be patient with us. God isn't going to be patient with someone that has no reason for their sins, who are in denial, who can't accept truth, who can't, who can't accept facts. There are people that believe they are better than sin, but no one is better than sin. No one is better than sin. We can't live life our way. We have to live life God's way. And when God judges you on that final day, will you be flustered and not be able to defend yourself? Or will you be able to say, God, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for all the sins I've done. Because God wants honesty. God wants truth. And when we live God's truth, the world and ourselves will be better will be a better place. I'm Doug Saravo, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death. I'm Doug Saravo, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death. Good morning. Life's busyness. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Luke 10, 41, 42. Martha was seriously mistaken. She was busy doing legitimate things, but she, ne she didn't make time to sit at the master's feet. Never before has life been this easy for most of us. We take the convenience of transportation for granted, whether it's cars or airplanes, air conditioning, fast foods, automatic doors, iPads and microwaves all make life so much easier. Still, we are stressed and busy. No matter how busy or how necessary our endeavors may be, nothing should come before our relationship with God. He is our first love. Have you a busy day ahead? Then get up early and sit at the feet of Jesus. Read his word. Still your heart. Give him your request. Give him your love. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Choose the good part because this one thing is needed. Soul Search Have I set time aside today? Have I made the time to sit at his feet? Father, every day remind me of the cross. So when we think about the world we live in today, do we ever have time for Jesus? Now, I'm not just talking about church. 
because that's something we all should do. It's only 45 minutes to an hour of our day on a Sunday. But do we truly have a relationship with Christ? Do we? Do we go to church for maybe five minutes to say a prayer before work or after we get home from work or on our way? Do we watch preaching videos? Do we read the Bible? Do we read scripture? Do we read meditation on the words of Jesus? Great book, by the way. I love it. So do we truly have a relationship with Christ? Are we scared? Are we embarrassed? Do we wonder what other people will think of us? Now, I'm sure most of us feel that way. We'll get that nickname, Jesus Freak. But who cares? God's the only one that judges us. And God wants us to have a relationship with him and his son. Do you truly have a relationship with God? Do you truly have a relationship with Christ? It doesn't matter how, but as long as we have one, watch the difference it can make in our lives. If it's praying the rosary once a day, three times a day, if it's reading scripture, because when we have time for Christ, we have time for peace. Maybe we won't worry about every little thing. Maybe we'll give that love to other people. <laughs> Don't know where that leaf came from, but... Do you have a relationship with Christ? It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter where. But as long as we have him in our hearts... We can bring that love, that peace that he gives to us, to the rest of the world. Because when we have Jesus in this world, there will be a lot more love, a lot more truth, a lot more honesty, and a lot less hate. May God bless you all. I'm Doug Saravo, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death.